Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, from the Santa Monica Studios, as we are a mere days away from the U.S. Open, the final Grand Slam of the year from New York City, and we have a lot to talk about on this show. And we start the show with the return of Barstool's Eric Hubs to the program to recap the outstanding match, the War of Attrition. And saw Novak Djokovic defeat Carlos Alcaraz in the Cincinnati final in over three and a half hours in some of the most grueling conditions imaginable. How Djokovic was able to win this round and what it means going forward. Is this rivalry going to repeat itself in New York City? A lot of fans would like to see it happen. We discussed Coco Goff's breakthrough on the women's side in Cincinnati. Is she a threat to Iga's throne? And we look at the draws in both the men's and women's side that was just released today. Who we like, who we are really high on, which Americans can step up under the bright lights of New York City. And then it's a pair of interviews conducted at the WTA event in Cleveland, Ohio, my hometown, the third edition of Tennis in the Land. I got a chance to speak with both Peyton Stearns and Jasmine Paolini in some exclusive interviews with them. They sat down for one-on-one chats, respectively. Had a lot to say. Stearns, the reigning champ in the NCAAs at Texas. She's a Cincinnati, Ohio native. Discusses what it's like to adjust to the pro game. She's steadily moving up the ranks. And Jasmine Paolini from Italy, part of the Italian tennis movement going on. She's into the top 40, has a title to her name and is slowly knocking off some of the giants in the sport from Sabalenka to Rubakina. She is battling with the big, big, tall players on tour and holding her own. Peyton Cerns and Jasmine Paolini were great on this podcast. We start the show with Barstool Hubs. It's Tennis Channel Inside In, and it starts right now. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. It's Michaels from the Santa Monica Studios, just days out from the U.S. Open. Joined now on the show for the second time, officially reaching that reoccurring guest status. He loves tennis as much as anyone that I've come in contact with and uh, doing his best to carry the game forward. Barstool's Eric Hubs. Hubs, welcome back to the show. I'll start with this. I mean, we're, we're four days away from the slam in your neck of the woods. I got to feel like tennis is in the air and uh, it can't be much more exciting for you than this exact moment. Dude, it's it's the this is the best time of the year. Like this yeah. is so good, and you know, like you know, me, I'm a huge baseball fan as well. The fact that the Yankees are so out of it now, I can just fully <laughs> lock in on tennis. Like usually, I'm yeah. like 50-50 here, and like there's a big game at night, I can't really lock it as much as I want, or like you know, even now I don't care. <laughs> like I'm yeah. out. So like it is full tennis. It's gonna be great. I am so excited for Monday to get here. The draw coming out just before we. We hopped on here. Great timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, stoked for it. Got some thoughts. Obviously, we'll dive in. But um, I really thought a really good t- uh, a few Masters uh, Masters events right before this yeah. uh, with Toronto and Cincy uh, to talk about as well. But I, I am so excited. And the, the Carlos hype, you know, obviously winning Wimbledon and then the clash. Um, it, it's just everything is at a peak right now. And I feel like it's so perfect for the U.S. Open to happen right now. Like, fan, even casuals are like, 
all right, when's he playing? Got to see him. Yeah, and just a quick follow-up. It's funny how the cycle of sports work it, with New York City fans particularly. Now they're more worried about, I mean, Giants and Jets are like, hey, we got good football teams. Let's hope the final doesn't confirm with that. But unfortunately, yeah. your Yankees are kind of in a, in a no place for uh, taking your attention at least. But you started. Yeah, I, yeah. Hate, I hate that the U.S. Open final is when it is. It's so tough because it's, mm. it's the first week of football. It's I know. Like, I, I, I never have a problem watching it. It's for the casuals. Mm-hmm. Like it's never, you know, I, I'll get multiple screens going. No problem. It's yeah. for the casuals that can like really grow everything. It yeah. hurts. I have a, and just an aside, you made me think of something funny. Years ago, when it was Serena and Osaka in that U.S. Open final where all that chaos happened, I happened to be out at a bar, college football time. That was, I never, I could, I've never seen this before, probably never since. They switched the sound to the Serena Osaka stuff as that was going on in a college football bar, which shows you Serena's power, but also it takes a special moment to take football away from the American people. Oh my God. That was such a where were you moment. I feel like it's just like, yeah. I, I remember watching a thing without sound and then it started to like really yeah. like go crazy. I was like, what is happening? Like, why is she crying? What is it? Yeah. What's happened? What is Serena ha- It was unbelievable. Same exact thing for me. Uh, you mentioned that Cincinnati final, Djokovic Alcaraz, and it was another addition. They just can't play a dull match, they can't play a quick match. Even though it looked like it was going there, Djokovic tops Alcaraz to win the final in over three and a half hours, the longest final in three-set history in these Masters events. And Hubs, I'll start with this. For Novak Djokovic, a guy who was on his way out in that match, it seemed like the heat was getting to him. He was tapping out physically, which we never saw. He just found a way to win, and and I marvel at that. It's so simple, but yet so ridiculous that you're playing the boy wonder, the prodigy, come to life, and... You find a way to win against a guy who hit over 40 winners, who was playing flawless, who didn't give you much of anything. It's just a testament, again, to the brilliance of Novak Djokovic. His mental game is just so unmatched by, I think, any athlete outside of maybe Tom Brady would be the only other athlete I can think that could match his mental game and not get rattled in any moment. And like you said, like he was having a heat stroke out there. Like, And, and I think sometimes he embellishes a little bit uh, with injuries and, you know, just trying to gain some sort of advantage over the, you know, let the other side maybe think about it while he gets himself together. I generally think he was having problems with those conditions. It was very, uh, very hot, very sticky. Um, you know, Carlos was thriving in it. And, man, all it does is take, like, one little moment. And he just, like, flips the switch. And once he flips the switch, usually no one can match it. We finally have someone outside of the big three who can match it. And I think it is such a treat that he, Djokovic is still being his prime here for a few more. You know, no one sees him going away unless he wants to go away, which I don't, I think now this will keep him going. But I think him at his peak prime still here to be forced to go to 100% almost out of the gate against Carlos is so much fun. Like someone had, he's being pushed to his absolute limit every time he faces Carlos. And we just haven't seen anyone outside the big three, like no. Medvedev, here and there. Yeah. But, like, it's not consistent enough. You know, maybe a Zavera for a few sets. You know, all these guys don't have the mental game. Carlos has it. So mm-hmm. I, I just I just think that it's so good for the sport and so fun that Novak needs to be pushed to these levels, and we can see it so much. The mental and the physical game, too, that you need to compete with this guy. And that's yeah. what Alcaraz has. There's so many things that happen in this match that we don't see. It's like this is the extra, this is the God mode level of tennis that we're only going to see when these two play. Number one being, 
the mental side of Djokovic, you mentioned how tough he is. I completely agree. It's like Jordan, Brady, Djokovic. It's what I'm oh, looking yeah, at. Jordan's a good one, yeah. too. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah. But he figured out a strategy. I was, I was thinking about this, too. No, He never really lost multiple times to the same player. He, other than Rafael Clay early in, you know, throughout, he would always figure out a way to adjust and make differences. The serve and volley tactic, which everyone said, why don't you serve and volley? Well, it's a little tougher than it looks, but he switched up his tactics. He wasn't letting Alcaraz drop him. And he went huge on second serves in that match. He had one break point down where I thought, this is as big as I've seen him go on a second serve. Yeah, I think it was like a, over 120 miles an yeah. hour or something. It was it, that. See, that's another thing, though. You don't see that come out against anyone else. He no. has to go to that level no. against Carlos. That, to me, is so much fun. It is also so crazy to continue to realize Carlos is only 20 years old. Well, it's like when, 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 Djokovic gets a, when Djokovic gets an advantage and he has match points serving it out, he never gets broken. But he did in this match, and, and Alcaraz kept fighting, kept fighting. It was good to see. No, look, from the Alcaraz perspective, there's, there's a warning moment here. He did not play as crisp and wasn't as locked in during that second set. He kind of dipped a little bit, but he fought back. He put him at 42 winners is remarkable. And the most important thing, Hubs, he did not have the physical issues, other than no. the fact that he's playing three hours and 40 minutes, which both guys were wearing down, which they should. But the cramping thing seems to be in the rear view, and that's the most beautiful part of all this for me. Yeah, and if you also think about matches leading up to that weren't easy at all. No. To get past Herbie, you know, Herbie was, that was a war to get yeah. through that. And, and he had some matches before that, I feel like, that he was, yeah. he let go a little longer than every than set was. Be. Every match was three sets. Uh, Tommy yeah, and, and uh, Purcell, too, randomly three sets. Yeah, per, yeah the per, Purcell was giving yeah. him way too much yeah. trouble. That was very upsetting. Um, but uh, the, the body held up, and I think that's huge. And yeah, maybe you said he wasn't as crisp, but I, I do still feel as, you know, they're masters events. Mm -hmm. They're huge. Yeah. They're not the U.S. Open. I know. So, you know, they, they are at the same time as important as, and, you know, that, Djokovic said it, that felt like a slam title. Like the, the feeling he dropped around to the his back around. like that. He ripped his shirt and dropped to his back. Like that's a slam reaction. And Alcaraz yeah. was crying. Also a slam loss reaction. That was crazy. That's the yeah. first time we've ever seen that from yeah. him. Um, but I like that. Like yeah. show emotion. I'll, I'm all for that. But um at the end of the day for carlos and for novak but i think this one little a little bit more than what i'm about to say but i feel like for carlos these are still tune-ups those were mm -hmm. tune-ups and they like they are to get him in physical you know condition yeah. on on this surface you know yeah. transitioning away from grass to get ready for right for queens and i think at the end of the day like i'm not going to take too like i love that he gave him as much fight as he did but like i still like his chances at, you know if if they clash in the u.s open final which God willing, I hope they do, because it will be probably one of the more watched U.S. Open finals in a long, long time. Yeah, and, you know, we, we can talk about a lot of different sides of this. I said before we went on that this is the closest thing to combat sports, boxing, or UFC, because in tennis, you have to get through the draw to keep making, you know, the matchup happen again. What we're seeing is two guys at different points in their careers, but they're making adjustments each time they play each other. So Djokovic countered some of the things that gave him trouble in the Wimbledon final. And you know if they play in the U.S. Open final, Alcaraz will have some tweaks. And that's why this sport can be beautiful when it plans out like this. Like, you don't know that you're going to play, and we can do the draw and we will in a second. But the fact is, there's a high likelihood they play again, and it will be a completely different, albeit thrilling match. Dude, you know what's also so nice about when they play? Uh, like, you can alert like i have a few buddies who like mm -hmm. casually watch tennis and like they want me to tell them when to watch like <laughs> yeah, yeah i can guarantee barring physical problems 
that when these two play, you will witness an epic match. Like it's just happening. Like I don't remember how. Like there were there's been duds all over the place with with in any sport where it's like yeah that wasn't as great as I wanted. And this maybe looked like like you said this looked like it was headed that way. Yeah. And then boom, it becomes an epic match. One of the best, probably the best three match three set match ever. I think Roddick was alluding to it, and he's like, you know, a little you know a recency bias, and we're prisoners in the moment, but like. I don't know. I don't know how you top so, what you just saw, and but like it's just going to get better because, that, yeah. like you said, they keep changing tactics and game plans. And I don't, awesome. I, I don't want to push back too much because it's right up there at the top of the three set list. But I do think sometimes we conflate drama with the highest and highest quality. And yeah. I do think the conditions might have limited some of it. And I don't want to, I don't want to denigrate some great matches we've seen. Kyrgios Feder at Miami that one year. That was great. Djokovic yeah. Nadal played like a four-hour match on clay. Rafa and Feder played a match on clay as well. So I would have to get the look. I would have to rewatch the tape, but it's up there but it's for up sure. There. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. Yeah. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. More with Barstool Hubs here on Tennis Channel Inside In as we gear up for the U.S. Open. Got to talk about the women. Coco Goff had her breakthrough in Cincinnati also. The American women go back-to-back with Pagula winning Canada, Coco winning Cincinnati. Both of them, Hubs, it wasn't about necessarily who they, what they won, but who they beat along the way. Both went through Iga yeah. in the semifinals. And for Coco, I mean, the numbers were glaring. 0-7, 0-14 in sets, and she finally gets it done, and she finally looks. I say finally but like a legit major contender. I I don't know what's happened. Uh, maybe it's experience, but she just looks so different right now. And I'll tell you about that Ega match. So I was in Atlantic City for one of my buddies' bachelor parties that weekend. Yeah. And we were heading to a pool party. And me and my buddy see that they're about to play and we want to bet on some tennis. So we check the lines. And I, it just felt like a Coco match. And uh-huh. we go check her to win, just to win a set. And she was minus 130, I want to say, to win a set. And you know the whole stats behind heading into that match. 7-0, head-to-head, 14-0 oh, yeah. in sets. And she's favored to win a set. Huh. So we take that. We dab a little on the money line. And boom. What do you know? She comes through. It, you know, crazy. the second set, Iga started to, like, you know, figure things out a bit more. But the way Coco battled in that first set, down 5-3, and to just – completely she she was on Iga's serve pretty much the whole match it just comes down to whether she can you know because Iga's the best returner maybe in the whole game outside of Djokovic <laughs> that's how she was she break like 48 percent of her it's, it's something yeah, insane it's the, the, it, she's a sicko um but the fact that Coco was like holding her on with her serve after that point like that is such a big mental block to get past I feel like yeah. that will help her at the U.S. Open um just like man getting through those beasts and then Mukova who 
no slouch. You know, she's mm-hmm. not eager, but she's no slouch. Yeah. Uh, and and she, you know, Coco handled herself very well there, and Pagula did the same thing in the previous tournament. It's nice to see. It's nice to see. Uh, I would love for Coco to break through here. I think that would just add to the, you know, because last year you have Tiafo get to the semis. Yeah. And that was the, that was the American story. Um, it'd be cool if Coco did that this year. It certainly would. And that match with Iga, Iga didn't, it wasn't like she didn't show up. Like that was the other no. good thing is that Iga battled back. She, she made it work. And I know a lot's been made about Coco working with the new coaches, Brad Gilbert, a part of the team. I think the quote, and we can, you know, debate and nitpick. We won't really know what, you know, differences he's made. But he, he pointed out something brilliantly. I mean, her forehand struggled, but people almost forgot about what she can do, which is move at an unbelievable level, put every return in play. She finishes at the net, which is a rarity on both tours. I would put her in, and the draw came out, and I know she is a Niga section, which we'll get to, but she's coming into this tournament with confidence, and we know that outside of you know the very top, top seeds, it's not about that number by your name. It's who's playing well going into this, whether it was Emirata Kanyu before she won, Andrescu before she won, even Sloane Stevens. Coming in with momentum can really lift you places. And I'm with you. I think the pressure of playing as an American can sometimes get to players if they haven't done it before, if they're not used to the spotlight. But she's been a pro since she was 15 years old, so I don't really have those concerns with her. Yeah, she's been around for <laughs> such a long time, but yeah. she's still not old. Yeah. <laughs> like, like You've heard her name for so long. And, you know, it comes with the expectations of, like, you know, the early runs that she was making. And it's like, you know what? It takes time for, like, everybody to do this. Like, she just happened to start really young. But, like, that shouldn't be a penalty against her. Um, The fact that she's rounding the form right now is beautiful to see. And I actually haven't – I'm going to find out. I'm, like, reading through the women's (laughs) side right now. I I only looked at the men so far. But um, that is very interesting that she's on the same side as Ika. That'll be fun. So before we get to the draws, I had one other player we have to talk about because you know him and I've gotten the chance to talk to him, but Tommy Paul is looking like a legit problem right now. And not just for the game, but for the number one player in the world, Carlos Alcaraz. We were on the same wavelength because I saw you tweet that out. This is not someone I think Carlitos, he doesn't fear anyone, but maybe that he doesn't want to see because it's crazy to say that he can match athleticism with Carlos Alcaraz, but there's Tommy Paul pushing him again. Outside of Djokovic, like Tom, uh, Carlos is looking at draws and be like, "When do I play Tommy?" Like that's that's just what's happening right now. He's like, oh, "I don't want that." Can someone knock him out before he plays me? And I feel like everyone's kind of got somebody like that, and it's fun <laughs> that it's yeah. Tommy Paul, who right now is playing the best American tennis on the men's side. Like he's playing better than Fritz, in my opinion. Like yeah. and, and you know whether how they match up head to head, that's another story. But I just love the game and confidence that he's playing with he is i feel like for the longest time it was tough to get him to come the net he's super talented around the net but he didn't want to come forward feel like he's finally starting to do that something's clicking where he's like he has the confidence to approach the net and do his thing um his serve has been been very good mm-hmm. um i think just confidence with him is 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 the biggest is the, so much skill and actually i i i message with uh one of his coaches here and there and i'm just like man i would love to see tommy just like let it rip more (laughs) like just go flat because he can hit the piss out of the ball and i think you're seeing that a little bit more too but um he's fun to watch i think he's easy to root for um i think americans like young americans want to root for tommy paul so uh i really hope that he gets another deep you know he he should have beaten casper rude last year that absolutely should have happened like he was playing i was in i was in the (laughs) arena for that he was outplaying him, let him off the hook. I want to see Tommy get deep now. 
It's interesting because you mentioned players that other players don't want to see. He's kind of in that Kyrgios role. But but having said that, I looked at the ranking really quick. He's 14th in the world. Kyrgios' career high was 13th. So he's right he's right there in that range where, okay, this guy's still still floating a little bit. A little different. Yeah. Like with, I, I get what you're yeah. saying. I do get right. what you're saying. But, you know, Nick almost like only turned it on for a few people. Yeah. No, Tommy, that's true. like, and doesn't exactly have that. But I, think, I do get what you're saying. I think part of it, too, is, I mean, he's learning how to play, I don't want to say smarter, but like he's constructing points a little better because we knew all the gifts that he had. But yep. there are times when he serves out a tough, he gets a tough hold by just playing smart and not going for everything. I think he's yep. really improved and, that part of his game for sure. I think part of that too is is the coming to the net more, mm-hmm. like being smart about that. Be like, hey, this is an opportunity to like maybe serve and volley real quick here, and you know yeah. he he can be very good at that. So yeah. yeah, I definitely agree with that. You play a guy like Alcaraz, you're just gonna have to accept the fact that he's gonna hit some winners and make you look a little stupid at times. And he's done that, and he keeps his head in the fight. It's great to see. Let's look at the U.S. Open draw though, because on the men's side specifically, as we start, a couple things stood out. Got to throw this at you first though. Alcaraz center yep. quarterfinal. They are in the same quarter. Center got Alcaraz the same round where they played one of the best U.S. Open matches of all time. Some say it's the best. I was there. You were there. You had you introduced some new people to the sport of tennis that night. It was great. Thoughts on that just standing out at you? I know Center got the title in Canada. Some would maybe say uh, it's a little unfortunate, but I'm in the corner of the camp of let's get the big matches early and often. So that quarterfinal, I don't want to say will happen, but we'll see. (sighs) I wish it wasn't. I, I want Carlos to get to the finals personally, and like Sinner's a guy who can stop him. Sinner's a guy who gives him fits. Yeah. Zverev also don't don't sleep on Zverev. Yeah. He's getting he's giving Carlos some fits also, and he's playing good tennis. I feel like, um, and then Medvedev would be waiting in the semis. All that leads is Djokovic is going to cakewalk. So the so that's yeah. So the the first thing is before we get to Alcaraz, Djokovic did. I mean, I hate to say, and you can do the same with Iga, a straightforward draw versus an easy one. But Djokovic doesn't have the landmines that's safe to say that maybe Alcaraz or other players do. Right. Like, you're looking at Tsitsipas, who I don't really like how he's playing, and I don't think he mentally can just beat Djokovic right now. Uh, Runa has looked terrible of late. Uh, and Rude, I don't really think he can handle Novak on this surface. Yeah. So, um, I don't... I. I if he loses a set almost, I'd be surprised, like, to get to the finals. Like, that's wow. how easy I think this is. I, I don't think he's going to have – with the way he played in Cincy, mm-hmm. the way he looks, mm-hmm. that version isn't going to lose a set into the final. Wow. Well, I mean, it's hard to nitpick that based on the draw and based on who's there. I will say, as a follow-up question to what we were talking about, Carlos Alcaraz just taking the draw and, and seeds out of it, if we put Djokovic as the most likely to beat him, who would be your other two – if you were Alcaraz, that you would say, okay, these are the guys that could could take him out. If it's Djokovic, one, Let's who, see. two, and three. So it's not going to be Kopfer, obviously. Um, it's not going to be Lloyd Harris, who mm-hmm. I feel like hasn't played slam in a little bit. I haven't seen his name yeah. in a bit. Uh, Dan Evans yeah. has played some very good tennis, uh, especially on the hard court of late. Just like very, very locked in. I could see him giving some fits, but I, I just feel like Carlos can break his serve at will. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, Dan, is a really, like, frustrating guy to play. He'll just slice you to death, mm-hmm. and you just get bored out there. And uh, But Carlos has the ability to just kind of overpower that. Then you get a little further. Nori, I don't give him a chance. Um, Kokonakis, no. <laughs> see, none of these guys, are. Yeah, I so don't think, are landmines. At, so we're what? looking at the murderer's row not really starting till quarter, so he'd have to go center. 
probably Medvedev, Djokovic. Yeah, like that's I don't tough, think until that uh, point he's gonna yeah. find anything, any any trouble until well, he gets there. I would say that's not great, but we saw last year he won what like four straight five set, three straight five set matches, and then won the title in four. So to be young and to be in that kind of shape is one thing, but yeah, the. The interesting matchups for me as we look at this draw are some of the potential fourth-round ones. You mentioned Tsitsipas. We could see Tsitsipas-Fritz in round four, and that's pretty good. And you know that I mean, Fritz just needs to get over those first few matches. I think he's someone that hasn't had this moment. He needs it. If he gets to round four against Tsitsipas, that could be his time to perform under the bright lights. I'm so nervous for Taylor. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I. he needs, he needs to win a few matches here. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't have... Was it? Did he lose to Holt last year? Yeah, first round. That mm. can't happen. Mm. I was, I was like, I had just gotten to the the complex mm-hmm. and like was standing on the very outside of that court, and it's just like that. We can't have that again. He gets Steve uh, Johnson to start. Mm-hmm. That's got to be just a murder. Like <laughs> we just got to murder Johnson. <laughs> Sorry, he's yeah. a fellow American. Taylor Fritz has got to do that. He's got a nice draw. Like his first few matches, he really shouldn't have much trouble. Like mm. I don't Mazzetti maybe, but. Taylor should be rounding the form to get to that Sitsi Pass match. And yeah. that would be probably an Arthur Ashe match, would be my guess. Well, I'd say if you like a long shot, I mean, we'll see. Sitsi Pass has Milos first round, and this could be his swan song. So if Milos just serves the lights out and Sitsi Pass is having one of those days, I'll just put it that way. He lost Definitely. early, I think, last year. So hmm. doesn't that just feel like to you like a three or four set where it's just like all tie breaks and then Sitsi Pass finds a way yeah. in every tie break? I yeah. don't know. Just. I feel like people are going to pick Milos as a first-round sexy upset, yeah. and, like, Stefanos will just find a way. There are there are a lot of fun first-rounders, if you don't mind me just yeah, like rattling ahead. off a few. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just just one, um, Katie Shikori back. That's fun. Like, mm-hmm. good good to see him. Yeah, I think he gets a qualifier to start, so we don't know his match. Um, uh, Michelson, Mickelson, I don't know how you actually pronounce Alex it. Alex Mickelson, yeah. I had him written been, down. He was fun. He had a run Newport, right? If I got that correctly, was where mm-hmm. he, yeah, that was. I was watching almost every one of his matches. Um, I think he even had a decent win outside of that. Uh, after that, but um, I he just turned pro. Um, he gets Ramos Vinolas. That's gonna be a very fun match. Uh, and that's his. You know, this will be his first slam. Um, you got the Isner finale. People will talk about that. Sure, Ugo against Berrettini. Excellent Ooh, first round match. That is. Don't know really what to expect from Berrettini at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Korda, they just played yesterday. Um, and that was an interesting little match there. Two guys are very good on return. Uh, Bublik team is going to be outstanding like that. I hope that goes five sets. That'll be, <laughs> yeah. that'll be outstanding yeah. and so much drama. I feel like if that goes five sets and like, like, I feel like that, that's probably a grandstand. That feels like a grandstand oh, yeah. kind of match. Um, like not big enough yet to probably put in the bigger places, but that shouldn't be in a small place. Um, and then Felix McDonald. Felix looks horrendous, and Mackenzie's been playing good, mm-hmm. very good tennis. Like oh, yeah. I'm, I'm very impressed with what I've seen in Mackenzie. But I have n- there are guys to avoid as a better <laughs> two guys to me off, or three guys: Casper, Runa, Felix. No go. Yeah. I think those guys are going to have very mysteriously bad lines, like low lines, and they're going to get out very early in this tournament. Felix, unfortunately, has looked like a shell of himself recently. Hope he can turn it around. Don't know if he's battling anything there. Holgert's the health as well, too, because I was looking right. at his section. If it's him and Tommy Paul in the fourth round and Holger's feeling good, that's a heck of a match, but we'll see who can actually get there. And, you know, upsets do happen. Speaking yep. of that, I mean, Francis has the pressure hubs of last year's run. A lot to live up to. We know he likes the bright lights. 
Would be fun to see him play. I know Casper is the seed. We'll see what happens. But if Corda can find his footing, you can get an All-American fourth-round matchup, and you know the crowd will eat that up. But I'm just I'm a little not worried, but I want to see how Francis reacts to, okay, time to follow this up and see if he can get back to the quarters and beyond. This is his time, though, man. He loves the U.S. Open. He loves the lights. He gets his athletes there. You know, Jimmy Butler is going to be there and yeah. you know, Bradley Beal and all that. Like, all his boys. Jimmy was Maybe playing Kevin last night. Jimmy was playing tennis last night. Jimmy was, Jimmy was there last night. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I I don't think he's going to feel pressure. I think, like, this okay. is his environment. He thrives in this stuff. Like, this is this is, this is is Francis's tournament. Will he ever win it? That remains to be seen. I think probably some luck would have to go his way to actually get to the mountain there. You know, like maybe a Carlos injury along the way, you know, Djokovic, whatever, gets out early. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't th- – I'm not worried about him with nerves. Yeah. I think he – I think he's he's going to get a spot in the round of 16. Like, he'll, he he yeah. will be there, no doubt. Corda, I want Corda I, – I, I watched – I think he's playing literally right now. It might be in a rain <laughs> delay um, against Gasquet. Yeah. Um, I just want him to get his wrist fully, you know, at strength and get because he has so much capability and talent. But I feel like he's having a little bit of a rough go getting footing and confidence and yeah. you know, similar to like you know, team, but hopefully not to the extreme of that. But um, yeah, Sebi, I want to, I want to get on a run. He had a great match last year against Tommy mm-hmm. at Grandstand. I was there for that. That was cool. They had a little run in it. I think at, at, at the net after the match. <laughs> they did. Um, I don't know if they ever smoothed that over, but I know uh, that was very interesting. <laughs> that would be a yeah. fun little rematch if that somehow happens. But, yeah, no, uh, there are a lot of American men to be excited about in this tournament, um, yeah. as there were last year. Um, I'm, I'm pumped for it. It's going to be a blast to see. I, I did want to give some love, too, because it is, you know, Isner's last tournament, and he goes under the radar for what he's done for the American men's tennis side especially, but he's the all-time leader in aces in tennis history was number one ranked American from 2012 all the way to 2020 and was in the top 20 for a decade. But the thing that stands out to me, Hubs, the most is that his peers respected him. He was that mentor for the younger generation. Didn't didn't seem spiteful. It almost seemed grateful and, you know, generous that, that this next generation was taking the baton. So props to Big John on a long and lengthy career. Yeah, not one of my favorites, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. A fairly boring player to watch. Yeah. Um but fun to bet on if you're trying to take an over and he's, he's getting to tie breaks. So that, that would be always yeah. good. No, he seems super, super, super nice. I never actually talked to him or any like that. But yeah, like you said, respected by a bunch of his, his peers, carried the torch of like American tennis, like while Roddick faded off, I feel like, for a mm-hmm. little bit. Where And um, fun to see his early matches. I went back and watched, I think, recently one of his first ever U.S. Open he upset somebody. I can't remember. He beat he beat Roddick one year uh, in New York. Yeah, that might have yeah. been it. I feel like there was one more, but whatever. He 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 was very very mm-hmm. fun when he first came on because the serve. Everyone was like, "What is this? Who is this guy? How can you serve like this consistently? This <laughs> yeah, tall and all that." Yeah. But yeah, I wish he. I wish he. I wonder if you ask him like, "Hey, dude, would you sacrifice like three inches on your height to be like a little bit more mobile, just to, like give yourself like a legit chance here at like yeah. a slam?" I wonder what his answer would be. Like, yeah. would you take this career? Or like gamble with like being a little shorter yeah. and maybe having more mobility. But right. it is what it is. Long career. Yeah. It'll um hopefully win just for you know, I want him to win one match yeah. at least. You know, mm-hmm. you know, have like the do you think they're gonna put him on Ash for a final? Final uh I don't know. That final that's tournament. A, that's a close one. Maybe. Maybe not. I mean, it might not be the first round, but we'll see. I, I would say maybe could be if he wins one, yeah. Then they do the yeah. second. Yeah. But I don't know. He's yeah. just he American people revolve around you know, they they like that yeah. stuff. So uh yeah. 
I would uh, say my lasting memory is him on like a side smaller court where the ball like, players literally have no room. They're jumping up. They're not getting it. They're not getting a racket on it before it goes out of play. That was the most unfair thing. So Or like the ball is <laughs> like, the question doesn't become will he ace him? It'll be yeah. will the ball go out of play like yeah. the court, yeah. like after the bounce because uh-huh. it's so damn hard. Oh, yeah. yep. So wrapping this up with the women's draw Barstool hubs here on Tennis Channel Inside In. Top seed Iga, the pressures of coming back and defending her title. Mm-hmm. It's pretty straightforward until the quarterfinals where Coco is lurking there. But there is some intrigue. We haven't kind of fully merged into a big three era. Sabalenka's looked a little shaky. Rabakina's around, but has had some slip-ups. Anjibor, can't she get back to the final of the U.S. Open after just a brutal Wimbledon loss? And you have players like Pagula and other names emerging. So how do you, how do you see the women's draw shaking out and who is standing out early in this one. I got to say, my eyes are squarely on a round two crash course between, collision course, between Coco and Andriva. Mm. <laughs> that is going to yeah. be fun. Uh, maybe Andriva's lost a bit of, of some fans after some recent <laughs> remarks or a like, I forget what it was, yeah. but that Coco and Driva match is going to be a firework match. I am very much locked in there. Um, a few other things I'm seeing here. Rabakina against Kostyuk could be a little fun. Kostyuk always, like, kind of poised for a little bit of an upset, maybe. Um, but, yeah, like you said, that Iga, Coco, collision course, if, Iga get, if Coco gets past Andriva, um, will be great, especially, you know, coming off of what we just saw in Cincinnati. So yeah. um, that would be, that would be I think, what we need. Like, that would be an appointment mm-hmm. television, uh, yeah. appointment TV type of match. I had a couple quick things. One, it's great to see Jen Brady back. She won a match or won a couple, I yes. think, in, in Canada. So it's good to see her back in the mix, former semifinalist here. I've always felt like, you know, a player looking at the draw because you see Kvitova, other names there. Belinda Benches might be one to watch. I've always felt like she's rounding into maybe a moment. The Sabalenka thing is so interesting because I keep bringing her up. Her game is amazing and I think has the top ceiling, maybe even more than Iga, but... What will happen in these moments when her surf starts to get away from her is fascinating. And then the last thing I would say is just Pagula. Glad that she won Canada. She has to get by the quarterfinals. She's like 0-6 or 0-7 in her career. We've we've just delayed the question here. Can it happen? And, and she could be one of those players that once she gets by the quarters, wins the whole thing. I will say, though, Svitolina lurking mm. in round three is not the greatest no. matchup, I feel like, for her, with especially the way Svitolina has been serving post-pregnancy. Like, just, I don't know how she just developed this much better serve. Yeah, yeah, well, she was sidelined for that long. That is crazy. Um, I'm looking down the list. We we didn't, two got, two people we didn't miss, uh, mention, Venus Williams is just still playing mm-hmm. tennis. Yeah. Just, she gets Bedoza in round one. That could be interesting. Um, Venus is like one of few, you know, she's looked like a, for a 43 year old, 42 year old, whatever she, like, oh, the fact that she's still like, in competitive points. I, I think this could be competitive because Bedosa hasn't yeah. played. She's just has not played in months. That's true. What is her injury been? I th- that's a good one. I think it's like is it just dating a city? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's a Greek injury. Uh, no, yeah, she hasn't played. That's one. I'm glad you did say Andreva though, because at 16 years old, very powerful on the court, very confident, very, too. Confident. very confident in a brash way. But you kind of need that, you know, to, to play the yeah. best. No doubt. Um, and one other thing we didn't mention was uh, Carolyn Wozniak. Yeah. Just, just didn't. Just didn't US, she's, I feel like, going to feed off the crowd big time. Like that's going to be, that's going to be awesome to watch. And I'm always got my eyes on uh, on BB. Yeah. I, 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 she's just so much. You know, she's won this before. 
And, you know, she her results haven't been consistent. But she's got a collision course around two with Layla, mm. potentially. Okay, or or yeah. Alexandrova. So um, there's a lot of fun early matches here, no doubt. But I yeah. feel like we're all locked in here on... <laughs> On Iga Coco. Yeah. Um, the thing you did say about Pagula, I kind of compare that to to what I see with Fritz. Like he's got got to mm. got to show up here. Yeah. Got to show up at the U.S. Open. So. You do. You definitely do. Uh, Andrescu's been so close in a lot of ways in some of these matches. Yes. It wouldn't surprise me if she put it all together. Very last thing before we wrap this up with Barstool Hubs, Novak Djokovic. Getting back to him. He's back in America. Back at the Open for the first time since 2021 when he lost to Medvedev in the final to go for the calendar slam. I'm just curious, as a New Yorker, what do you think that crowd reaction is going to be like for him? Coming back a little older, and no Rafa or Federer is the other point. Which I always, I think I may have told you this last time, like, I feel like he was made the villain just because he was always beating those guys. Yeah. Now there's no, now it's just Carlos. And, but they, <laughs> Car, you, won't see Carl, you won't see them until the finals. So I think he's going to get a rousing applause. Like I, I think it's going to be a very warm reception. He's going to feel weird about it. And maybe... Mm-hmm that leads to him losing early because he's <laughs> yeah. not used to people cheering for him. I kid. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to be, you know, warmly re- received, no doubt. Um, and I feel like he says the right things about New York. Like he's, he, he, and, and we feed off that. If you just say nice things about us, we're in. <laughs> like that's, that's really just what it comes down to. When yeah. Layla Fernandez lost uh, to Radicanu and she gave that speech yeah. to the crowd, she won over New York forever with that. She doesn't yeah. pay for anything here because he just said one little speech. It, we're, yeah. we're so we're so quick to change our minds, but um, I think he's going to be warmly received. I will say as a closing remark, and it's a little scary for the game of tennis, but as we see when Carlos plays Novak, the sport relies on these two so much that if they don't meet in the finals, it will be a massive di- disappointment, even if it's Medvedev-Djokovic, which has intrigue, obviously, a mm-hmm. rematch. Like, that would be nice. It's not Carlos Djokovic. Uh. We need Carlos Djokovic. Like, it just has to happen. And if it happens, it will be unbelievable. It will be so the rematch of the last slam, Cincinnati happening. I will say, one guy who has everything to lose, and we talked about Tiafo. poor Casper is about to plummet in the mm. rankings. Yeah. Well, you... <laughs> I, feel, I mean, he's such a nice guy, yeah. I feel like, but, but it, you're not getting the finals this year, man. I'm sorry about that. But no. back to my original point. If it ain't Carlos and Djokovic, it's going to be a disappointment. So I really hope there's no early upsets there. You mentioned the New York crowd. They can forget early. You can win them over, too. Look at Daniil Medvedev. He went from heel to yes. cheer reaction in the same tournament. Uh, Hubs, this was a blast. Yes. Who do you have? Do you have Djokovic winning it, Alcaraz? And what do you see the women's side going? So I bet Djokovic in the Cincy final over Carlos. I thought the line screamed him. I thought everything just was, was pointing to his direction. I like Carlos to beat him. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna oh. pick Carlos. Like wow. I, I think, like you said, the game planning, the ch- the chess match, the boxing match. Mm-hmm. I think he's got such a good coach on his side that will be able to change up the tactics and um, and rattle him. And I, I got Carlos there. Women's side is so wide open. I feel like man, <laughs> I'm gonna take Coco for everything I've said. I think it's such a chalk. I feel like everyone's taking Coco, but. I like the way she's playing, man. I, I, I'm going, I, I don't trust anyone else, I feel like, to get to that point. So mm-hmm. give me Coco and Carlos, and we're okay. going to have the best U.S. Open in a long, long time. Well, that I don't like if everyone's picking Coco over Ego. That, that I just not feel like, like everyone sees <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Like, they're, they're yeah. seeing, like, oh, yeah. she, you know, she, she just won oh, this. She's, she can, she's act, she can absolutely win yeah. this tournament. I just say from the Ego, like, let's not forget how good she, she is if we're going to, you know, 
if everyone's right. But if there her. is yeah. a place, I feel like you know you can yeah. get her here. Yeah, you can, this isn't the French Open. No, you for know, sure. I, you can get. Although, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm stoked for that. I'm stoked for everything. I'm, I, this is the best time of the year, man. Football really too, is. all that. That's great. But U.S. <laughs> Open these two weeks, I am locked in. And give me late matches. I know, I know the players don't <laughs> like them, but I love them. We Dude, all, I yeah. love when I'm there and yeah. I get to go down to lower <laughs> level and sit four rows. Oh my God, that was so good for Senator Carlos last year. I need to do that again. It's the very best. Uh, Eric Hoves from Barstool Sports. Thanks for coming on the show, and thank you again for uh, taking time. I know Barstool's blowing up, and I know you guys are, you know, congrats is in order. You had the awards show back to privately owned. Uh, congrats on everything you guys are doing there. It's, uh, it's fun to follow from the outside. Thanks. Didn't get myself in trouble last night. That's nice. That's the very best. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Barstool Hubs, following his tennis takes especially. But uh, Eric Hubs, thanks for joining the show. Absolutely, man. See you next time. All right, another great chat with Barstool Hubs. Can't thank him enough for making time out of his busy, busy schedule to talk some tennis as we gear up for the U.S. Open. And now we get to hear from some players, as I was fortunate enough to go to the WTA event in Cleveland, Ohio, Tennis in the Land, the third edition of this tournament the week before the U.S. Open. We have two players on this show with some different perspectives on where they are in their tennis journey. First up, it's Peyton Stearns, the American from Cincinnati, Ohio, won the national championship at Texas just a year ago for the Longhorns. He discusses her transition to the pro game where she's already finding tremendous success, why she's process-oriented, and why the hype is real. She's a player to watch. It's Peyton Stearns now on Tennis Channel Insider. All right, now on Tennis Channel Inside In on the podcast from Tennis in the Land, we're joined by another match winner today, the national champion. Does that get weird to say all these times? You're just going to be referred to as a national champion the I rest think, of your life? I think I've got it down now. You got <laughs> it down. It. It's Peyton Stearns from the Texas Longhorns, the uh, Cincinnati, Ohio born and raised tennis professional. He's transitioning nicely into the pro game, starting with today, and I know it was a hot and muggy one in the morning, but... You know, you being an Ohio native, I got to think you're used to the elements maybe a little more than some of these girls on the tour. Yeah, I mean, the Ohio weather is uh, every day you're getting something different. You know, last week, I think it was like mid-70s at one point. I was wearing a long sleeve, and then the next day you go out, and it's almost 90 degrees with humidity. It's just you never know what to expect. You kind of have to pack everything. No, and it's funny. The men's Cincinnati final, everyone from the outside of Ohio, I'm an Ohio native too. It was like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> it's cool. And then it's 100. But yeah, yeah it's just it's... August in Ohio. Uh, you look at this match today. Unfortunately, Martina Trevison was not able to finish. Uh, but the match itself started out 6-1, great set. Battled back in that second. Got back to a point of leveling the match. Unfortunately, she retired. What did you like about your performance today, and what do you think might need some work as this tournament and the season progresses? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know, making sure my movement, staying with the ball, and, and trusting it, and hitting it, and you know, living with the mistakes and going from there. I think that's the biggest thing right now that I'm working on. Um, in the second set, I think there are three or four games in a row where they were long deuce games. I ended up losing all of them, um, and it was just, you know moments where I didn't swing and trust myself, and that's the reason why I lost the point. It wasn't even more like a, an error, is a error upstairs a little bit. Um, so just kind of fighting through that and keep on swinging and, and living with it and going from there. He's in the first set, that's what I did, and you know, look at yeah. the outcome. But you know, she definitely raised her level in the second set. Played some ball, she's a really good player. Um, so 
you know, I got to get just get a little bit better with that, with going out there swinging, and you know, my power is lethal when I do that. So looking at it from a bigger picture, there's no right or wrong answer here. I'm just curious, your makeup or your persona, are you someone that just is solely focused on your game, what you're trying to do, or are you looking in the locker room at some of the top players now that you're you know, contemporary with, are you studying what works for them and seeing things you might want to emulate? Um, I think I more so focus on myself. Uh, you know, there's a reason why they're good, and it's because they do things their own way. Um, they capitalize on their uh, strengths and build on their weaknesses. Um, and, you know, I don't think that, uh, you know, what my problems are another player's problems yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. So I got to do what works for me and go from there. And, okay, maybe if, you know, someone on tour plays similar to me, I maybe watch a little bit of that. But the first thing is, uh, at the end of the day, me. Yeah, it was interesting. I was watching your match, and I saw you in Indian Wells and Drescu, a heck of a match. It was, I mean, that, that was not talking about different weather. That was a little chilly <laughs> yeah. in Palm Springs. But the first thing I wrote down in just a little notepad was just athlete. It just stands out in that perspective that athletically you are a cut above a lot of these players. Is that something that your game was always, I guess, a foundation of, was being an athlete, being able to move and, you know, separate yourself that way? Yeah, it's definitely helped. I grew up playing a lot of sports and was a gymnast for a really long time, so I think that helped a lot. Um, okay. But, you know, I, th I think having that movement and that power combo is, is lethal um, at any level. So right now I'm just really focusing on getting the best out of both and honing in on that and seeing where it takes me kind of thing. How's the transition to full-time pro been? And also, this is a problem a lot of players, a lot of luxury a lot of players have, You've been the best your whole life until now, and now you've got the final, the final boss level. How's the transition been? Okay, now I'm the best in my field, but there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, um, not too bad, honestly. I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Uh, you know, in, in juniors, I wasn't ever like ranked really high. I was always just out. Mm -hmm. um, in college, you know, I did extremely well, and that yeah. confidence kind of rolled over. I think big time, um, just going off that high and. You know, I know I have a lot of things to work on, but I think it's a good thing because of where I'm at right now in the rankings and how I've done and knowing how much more work there is to be done, that there's a lot of upside to it. Are you putting the training base in Florida? Is that where you're at? Yeah, right now and a little bit of Cincinnati, a little bit of Florida, okay. uh, whenever, yeah. whenever the free time well, is. congrats so. on being one of the few people to move out of Austin. That's, <laughs> that's kind of rare. Yeah. So, uh, but I know you, you've got to be identified as a Texas Longhorn for life now. I know yeah, I yeah, went yeah. south and you're a southerner. <laughs> you can't now. go back. No. But that, I mean, the college experience, and I do bring this up because it's not just yourself, but you look at the impact. Guys like Ben Shelton, Chris Eubanks, we've seen Emma Navarro out here who you're going to play doubles with at the yeah. Open. It helps play. I, I firmly believe that it helps a lot of you, your contemporaries, in big moments, especially in rowdy moments where maybe the crowd's not against you. Do you feel like you get an edge because you've lived that rowdy college tennis experience? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I experienced big time at the French, even that Andriescu match. You know, there was a ton of Canadians out <laughs> yeah, there just yeah. singing the anthem. You know, it's, it's something you kind of get used to. Uh, and I, I actually enjoy it no matter if I'm being cheered for or cheered against because yeah. it kind of gives you that little, like, right. you know, push to go instead of just, you know, okay, clap here or there. Yeah. And, you know, I like it when everyone gets into it. It feels like you have to, it's like, put up or shut up. You have to raise your level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ugly, yeah, but, yeah. It's the but, only way. <laughs> yeah, it's been good, though. And I know you're coming off the high of the Cincinnati. I mean, that, that means a lot for a lot of different reasons. There's pressure there. But to go and play in a tournament and you having the fortune of living by such a prestigious event, to now play in it. It has to be, 
I would assume close to an out-of-body experience in some way. No, absolutely. I mean, I'd put it up there with the Grand Slam for me. Um, I've been to that tournament since I was maybe 10. Um, had the same seats every year, and I can point them out from yeah. the court. Just kind of cool. Um, but, I mean, I literally live 10 minutes away. Did like, you, I did you snag any autographs as a kid? Um, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I had <laughs> yeah. the big, like, tennis balls, okay. and you were running around yeah. signing with everyone. Even You just saw someone with a racket, and you just... Yeah, it's just ball, there ball. Yeah, <laughs> sign, yeah. Got to go back and look at those and see what yeah. the big gems are on there. Uh, how is health-wise, I know you had a real scare, the parasite situation, which, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, maybe it's lighter now. You can kind of look back in the rear view. On one hand, it could have been worse if it's something wrist or, or foot related. But how has it been recovering from, you know, the injury disruption of the season? Um, it wasn't too bad, you know. Um, I think the worst part was feeling so bad mm. having it and not knowing what it was for a while. But, you know, once I knew what it was, I yeah. knew that, right, you know, it's five days before Wimbledon. I was just diagnosed with this, just, you know, just yeah. took some meds and just go out there and kind of play. But after Wimby, it was a little tough coming back, you know, cardio-wise and strength-wise because I lost some weight um, from that. But, you know, it was a stepping stone and, you know, it's going to happen in my career. It's early, but... Uh, now I'm completely fine and now that I look back on it it's kind of funny that you know I got a parasite in right. the first place yeah. but you know I try to make light out of it and do what I could at the moment yeah some friends might have some fun with it or might have already <laughs> yeah. had some fun with it yeah. uh, one of our co-workers are in some of the slams former WTA player Jill Kravis said she was excited to meet you at Indian Wells and mm -hmm. it was like I, and that just I'm, I'm bringing that up to be a point like you're one of these players that has some buzz won the national title coming in with some momentum there's, a, I guess, a double-edged sword, right? Because there is some hype, and it could be hard to manage expectations, but also cool that you have a lot of interest out of the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, it's just like anything. There's going to be pressure on you at anything you do, and if you want to be the best of the best, you got to figure out how to manage that. Did you have a moment, or are you still in the process of, I guess, feeling like a normal member of the locker room, like not someone who gets a, you know, an exemption, who wins the national title? Like Now you're a touring professional. You're one of the girls. Yeah, um, you know, I think it's pretty normal uh, now that I've been playing at first, you know, it's definitely weird being in a locker room before you're with teammates and now you're against your opponents. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just the biggest difference right now. Do you have a name for the doubles team, like the Natty doubles team? There's a lot of hard work there. <laughs> we, we haven't come up with anything yeah. yet. I think, it, I think there could be something yeah. there. So if you just figure out branding and some yeah. licensing merchandise, it could be good. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, well, that, this has been a terrific interview. Um, love talking to you, Peyton Stearns. Mm -hmm. Last question I wanted to have for you, I guess two, we'll start with the goals question going forward. 
Are you going incremental in the process? I know the US Open, it's always great for Americans there. But what's the long-term approach of what you're trying to accomplish in the next couple of seasons? I mean, I want to be a top 10 player that's in the top 10 week in, week out, um, and that does well a bunch of tournaments, mm -hmm. not just, you know, does yeah. well one or two, and that's that. Because um, that means, you know, you're playing yeah. some ball year-round. Um, but, you know, a goal of mine at the end of the year is, I think, to be, like, top 100, top 75. And, well, yeah, here we are. <laughs> you know, we've done that. Yeah. So yeah. I think a goal of mine by the end of the year is to be top 40, which I think is very, yeah. very doable. And hopefully I have to change that goal yeah, again. It's, it's perfect. Long-term goals are good because, you know, there's pressure in winning one and then having to do it again and not get caught up in, yeah. in the hype or the momentum. This was great. The last thing was I was just surprised you don't have like a Joe Burrow jersey on or something. <laughs> Are you Cincinnati through and oh, through absolutely. with all your sports? Okay. Absolutely. I love Joe Burrow. Okay. Yeah. You were a little young. I don't think you were at Texas when he came through and just beat the Longhorns yeah, on campus. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. You skirted by. But Peyton Stearns, always a pleasure. Excited to meet you. Get to talk with you. Best of luck here in Cleveland. Not quite Southern Ohio, but it has. It's, we have our great moments here and our, our things to do. So best of luck in this tournament, Yeah, Thanks for coming on Tennis Channel Inside In. Thanks. A big thanks to Peyton Stearns for giving us some of her time on Tennis Channel Inside In. She was delightful to chat with, very forthright in her approach. And I can't wait to watch how that career unfolds. In the words of Chubbs Peterson and the Carpenters, we've only just begun. When we finish this week's show hearing from Jasmine Paolini. The Italian is at a career-high ranking of number 35 in the world. She's one of the funniest, most bubbly personalities on tour, and you'll understand why when you listen to this interview. She talks about battling some of the bigger players on tour and actually defeating a few of them, what her process is like pre-match, how she gets into the zone, and what she's looking to accomplish, and how the Italians are kind of having a moment in the tennis sphere, both the men and the women succeeding, and Paolini is a big part of it. Let's listen to the Italian now on Tennis Channel Inside In. All right, welcome everybody to Tennis Channel Inside In from Tennis in the Land. Joining us now after a pretty routine win from a rising up the ranks tennis player from Italy, Jasmine Paolini. Jasmine, thanks for joining the show. Thank you, thank you. Now, I had to look because you've done one other podcast before, and I remember this shoot. You were a little nervous because there was cameras yes, everywhere. Yes, I, I was doing this in Charleston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, so we got you know routine, fire. <laughs> yeah. You went with just a t-shirt. That's good. Yeah. Um, first off, I mean, this the last couple of years you've really been steadily increasing your level, and today we saw kind of a pretty clean match. There isn't much to pick apart. I know tennis players can nitpick their performance, but not a lot to do from that perspective. Yeah, today was a pretty nice uh, match for me. You know. I did uh, just few mistakes and yeah, I'm really happy how I managed to win and it was a really solid performance, I think, yeah. Was this something that you wanted to do, like this tournament specifically, playing in the event, making sure that you get the nice tune-up for the U.S. Open? Because you played a lot of tennis yes. and you've done pretty well, so it's like you have played a lot of matches, I'm just yes. happy to see you. Yeah, right? I've played a lot yeah. of matches, I've played six yeah. in uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. and. Yeah, no, today I was like, I was focused on, you know, on my game, try to, to, to be motivated and yeah, to, to keep doing, you know, the things that uh, work, worked yeah. well in Cincinnati and to improve the, the one that I have to improve. 
but yeah, I'm happy with my performance. I think I, I, I did well. Yeah, if only tennis was this easy all the time, right? It was yeah. perfect. <laughs> but yeah, you had a pretty good match here in the run in Cincinnati too. And it's worth noting, you know, you're starting to rise up the rankings through that you're going to have to beat big players. None more powerful than Sabalenka. That match was the one that stood out. <laughs> you placed someone that big in the rankings and big in the physical sense compared to your smaller frame. <laughs> What's the approach there, and, and how are you able to kind of you know deal with what the other weapons the players have? Uh, it's not easy. Yeah. I mean, when I played with uh, Rybakina in Cincinnati, uh, I was like, when I'm warming up with her, I was like, oh my God, she's so tall. <laughs> you know, I saw her, yeah. she's so, because she's staying also close to the line, mm -hmm. so it, it's not easy, you know, right. to, to see her that close and that tall, but I think, uh, yeah, I have to, to try to improve more, you know, to play mm -hmm. against those players because yeah. it's not easy, they are a big server, uh, they are hitting the ball so, so strong, so fast. Um, I played also Jessie Pegula, th that yeah. she's also like hitting so fast, the ball is, the ball is coming right. really quick, you know. And it's a bit different uh, with those players, uh, but I'm happy to you know to to play against them because I think it's a way to to improve and to learn uh, from these matches. Do you like to study like analytics or data, or you just I'm, I have my research, I have my practice, I trust my coaches? What type of pr preparer are you? Uh, the first one is <laughs> just to believe that you know I can play and. Uh, with those players and I can do match then I can lose I can win but yeah. the, the the first uh, you know um, uh, goal is to to play to play match not to to lose 6-1 6-1 6-2 just yeah. to 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 be in the match and yeah it's the other goal is to focus on my game uh, to not be too impressed by the others okay. because they are playing fast they are serving good so it, it's it's important to me to focus on yeah. what i can do you know yeah no it, it totally yeah. makes sense and you've had those runs to finals that didn't quite go your way some good performances yeah. quinn Wen played a great match against you but you seem pretty positive after like you don't it can be hard to maintain positivity when you get that close how are you able to be so upbeat well sometimes i'm positive yeah, some, okay. sometimes okay. no but you know, uh, the best way is to be positive, to to try to uh, to to see. In Italy, we say to see the glass half full, not half empty. Okay. You know, you've said that in America. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, and I try to to be, let's say, happy when I see that I'm gonna play with those players because yeah. you know it's it's a way to. To grow up, yeah. I right, think, yeah. for sure. Well, we got a chance to see it was a long match before you were warming up with your team, and the vibes seem pretty positive. It seems like you guys get along, and it's not <laughs> too rigid like some you know teams might be a little stressful pre-match. Is that accurate? Yes, yes. We try to you know to be relaxed because I think it's it's not good to to go in the court and be too nervous. Yeah, yeah just go there and enjoy, and yeah, try to stay you know yeah. on the present. Well, it's an exciting time for Italy. There's a lot of players on both tours that are starting to yeah. have some success. You've seen it with the guys and the girls, too. What does it mean for you to be a part of this? And not just be a part, like be a big part now with how your ranking is. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. And also in Cincinnati, you know, the I think the Players' Lounge, it's pretty 
small. So uh, we, we managed to talk a lot with uh, Lorenzo Musetti, Yannick, yeah. because with the girls we, we met each other um, like more than yeah, the yeah. boys. But yeah, it's nice also to, you know, to talk with Berrettini. I know him since we were 10, okay. because we are the same age. Yeah. So it's, I think, uh, it's better to, to stay yeah. with those people because they are doing really well. And yeah, I think we kind of, um, you know, um, I don't know how to say, uh, you see them doing big things, yeah. so you, you maybe you think, maybe me too, I, I yeah. can do something, something good as well, yeah. yeah. I uh, you know I heard there was a lot of Italian being spoken in the players' lines. That's yeah, I didn't hear. It was like, and we talk yeah. loud, so. Well, yeah. And I've never met Berrettini, but I always fly by in an airport that has the Hugo Boss. Okay. Thing, so I feel like okay. I'm home that way. Um, you know, kind of another thing, like one of your friends on tour, who I got to speak with last year, uh, Martina Trevisan. Yeah. She gave a quote. I just want to make sure I have this read, this read correctly. In an interview, she said, "Jasmine is crazy." So <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah when okay. I get in confidence, yeah. yeah, I'm a bit crazy, crazy. that's right. That's, well, hey, you know, you guys seem to be good friends and raising each other's level. And that game yeah. you guys played for, I think, the Billie Jean King Cup, where you're trying to guess the objects. Yeah. Everybody liked Team Italy's video. The best. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was out of control. But yeah. no, it's good to see a friend of yours and also someone that's on the shorter side that's able to have success in a, yes. in a, in a game, in a tour that's getting taller We are all sure. Me, Martina, also Elisabetta Cocciaretto. Yeah. yeah, we're similar as... Yeah. yeah. When you're going forward now for the rest of this season, are you looking at New York as not just a chance to really have success in a major, but a launching pad for bigger and better things? Yes, of course. I mean, New York is going to be, I think, really important as all these lands but you know it's important I think to me to focus on on the match not on the slam because it, yeah then you get nervous so yeah I just want to to focus on my game I think as I did today as I want to do tomorrow I hope so <laughs> and yeah just just focus on you know what I have to do on the court. Focusing on the process makes yeah. sense. Well, no, Jasmine Paolini, appreciate the time talking with you. Uh, final question, because I know it got brought up before. How's it going with your brother? Is he still asking you to get him some stuff? And, uh, <laughs> asking for some guidance? Yeah, no, my brother, it's, it's good. It's at, at home, it's <laughs> playing some tennis as well, and maybe he starts to, to work a little bit as tennis coach, okay. but yeah. He's growing up, so yeah. he just finished the school, so I think he has time to, you, you know, to, yeah. to do some work. <laughs> well, a lot of people are proud of you, and I know uh, Italy has a rising tennis you know, foundation. You're part of it. Thanks for joining. I'm not going to recommend Italian food to any more players <laughs> here. I know we have food here, but you guys won't like it. So. Yeah, we are, yeah, we are we're depending from our food. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good. In, okay. in Italy, you, you can eat good everywhere. And, but, I mean, we go on TripAdvisor on Google and we try to find some good yeah, restaurants just, as well. So. I know people yeah. at those restaurants, but it's what you can do. Uh, Jasmine Paolini, thanks for coming on the podcast. Best of luck going forward. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Huge thanks to each and every one of our guests on this week's show. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In. 
and a friendly, wholesome reminder that Tennis Channel Inside In is available on all your podcast platforms. Just go to Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, we are available. It's really simple. Just subscribe, leave a rating or review. And when you subscribe, the podcast will be uploaded directly to your phone, your listening device, whatever it is. It's that simple. We're on tennis.com slash podcasts on the web. This show and our entire catalog of outstanding shows can be found there. And a quick programming note, because I know everyone's wondering, for the U.S. Open, we will have two episodes each week, our normal Thursday, but also earlier in the week, most likely on Monday. But be on the lookout for a special bonus episode, as the fourth major requires that of the year. The U.S. Open is finally upon us. I can't wait to break down all the action from Flushing Meadows with our outstanding our outstanding guest list, and a lot of people to give their thoughts on what should be a tremendous U.S. Open. For Barstool Hubs, Peyton Stearns, and Jasmine Paolini, my name is Mitch Michaels. Thank you for listening to Tennis Channel Inside In. We'll talk to you very soon. Enjoy the tennis, everyone.